Hello, and welcome to This Week at Charlestown Road, a branch of the Heavenbound podcast. My name is Jason Harden. This is where we reflect on the weekend that was, and we dig a little deeper into a recent sermon to give you something to think about as this week unfolds. Thank you so much for joining us here in the middle of the week. It's just me on today's episode. We're looking forward to having Roger back with us very, very soon. But it's my privilege to look back with you, give you something to think about here in the middle of this week from Sunday morning's sermon, where we talked about bringing holiness to completion. Finish what was started is our theme here at Charlestown Road. And Roger and I've had the very great privilege of looking at a variety of New Testament passages that point us in the direction of this is what was started. This is what needs attention. This is the power to finish what was started, and this is why it matters. It was my privilege to take us back to 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1, as a key text where Paul says, Since we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. And so all that we did with open Bibles was really just dissect the various phrases of that verse. Since we have these promises, beloved, uh, that takes us back to just a couple of verses before this. Second Corinthians 6, verses 16, 17, and 18, where Paul is led by the Spirit of God to remind Christians of promises like, I will make my dwelling among them and walk among them. What an incredible promise from God. The, the call in verse 17 to come out from among all that dishonors God and, and be separate from that. And if you will, you will be sons and daughters of mine. I will be a father to you. Since we have these promises, Paul reasons with us, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement. And we spend a little bit of time in that sermon noticing the two different directions he points us in, defilement of the flesh and of the spirit, ultimately with the goal of bringing holiness to completion. Now, if I'm the starting point of that, if if you're the starting point of that, we're in trouble, aren't we? Because we have not always been holy as God is holy, but absolutely key to understanding the good news of Jesus Christ is, yes, holiness has a starting point. It is that call of our Father in heaven to be holy as he is holy. But for us, the starting point is Jesus. Holiness walked among us. Paul reasons that way throughout this second letter to the Corinthians. Jesus is the ultimate starting point. So what's it going to mean? What's it going to look like to bring holiness to completion? How can I do that? How can you do that? Well, in a couple of basic closing points from that sermon, we just leaned on Paul 
2 Corinthians chapter 5. We've got to submit to the love of Christ. We've got to allow him to make all things new in our lives. New birth, new life, new focus, a new Lord, new standard, new desires, a new family, new service, new hope. As he emphasizes in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, a new creation, now holy to the Lord. And what do I need to be reminded? What do you need to be reminded of here in the middle of this week? 2 Corinthians 5, verses 6, 7, 8, and 9, such a key reasoning. We make it our aim to please him. Since we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. We we know where every single road ends. Every single road that any human being can possibly travel today or this week for the rest of their lives, as long as this world stands, we know where every single road ends. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. I hope that little reminder for those of you who were able to join us this past Sunday was helpful, got you thinking once again, allowing the seed of God's word from 2 Corinthians 7 to sink a little deeper into your heart. If you weren't able to join us, that sermon, Bringing Holiness to Completion, is freely available at charlestownroad.org and, of course, in our sermon podcast feed. What I'd like to do with you for the next couple of minutes, not only did our sermon come from 2 Corinthians, but our daily Bible reading schedule here in the last couple of weeks has been walking through the New Testament book of 2 Corinthians. I I don't know about you, but every time I read this second letter of Paul to the Corinthians, I am just blown away by how much is there. It seems to me like Maybe 1 Corinthians gets a little bit more attention, uh, a little bit more referenced more frequently, but there are deep gospel truths and riches in 2 Corinthians. What I'd love to do with you for the next couple of minutes is just to give you three basic things to, to think about from 2 Corinthians related to the way we ought to see, the way we ought to think, and the way that we ought to live. First of all, the way that we ought to see. If you have a Bible open, you can read with me from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16, 17, and 18, or you can just listen as I read what the Apostle Paul wrote 2,000 years ago. In 2 Corinthians 4, beginning in verse 16, he reasons with Christians, so we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look 
not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient. Would you think with me about that for a few moments today? The things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. We don't use that word maybe every day, but if something is transient, it's not going to last forever. It's not going to endure given enough time. Uh, transient things aren't permanent. They're they're temporary. They stay for just a short time. What difference could it make in our lives if, I, I don't know about you, I wear glasses. What if we put transient glasses, looked through transient lenses today and just noticed all of the things around us that are indeed transient? Your house or your apartment, it's transient. Your car, it's transient. The digital device that you're using to listen to this podcast, it's, it's transient. Your job, it's transient. Your neighbors, your neighborhood, your nation is transient. This season of life, whether it's really, really good or really, really tough, is Transient, singleness and marriage, barrenness and parenthood, those things are transient. Health and sickness, riches and poverty, those things are transient. Today itself, even your own body is transient, which means, doesn't it, if you and I spend all of today's God-given time and energy in devotion to the things that are just seen, then we're really neglecting the things that are going to truly last. Unseen things, things like your Creator, your Savior, your Spirit, the spirits of others, those things are eternal. And because they are eternal, they deserve and demand the best. The, the first fruits is the New Testament term. The first fruits of our time, our energy, our devotion. Which means those three verses in 2 Corinthians 4, they contain vitally important input for your day. Do you want to avoid losing heart? Do you, do you want to keep present afflictions in their proper perspective? Do you want to keep your mind set on the glory made available by Jesus? If so, you've got to deliberately work. I must deliberately work to recognize transient things as transient so that we're free to give the greatest of our attention and energy and devotion to the things that are eternal. Number one, help from 2 Corinthians with the way that we see. 
Number two, help from 2 Corinthians for the way that we think. I want to lean on 2 Corinthians chapter 8, beginning in verse 1, where Paul says, We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own accord, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. And this, not as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then by the will of God to us. Let's use that passage to spend just a few moments thinking about the way we think. Uh, So much of the Lord's refining work in our lives involves developing exactly what Paul is describing there in 2 Corinthians 8, verse 5. A God first, others next way of thinking. Doesn't that give us a, a great thing to reflect upon and even imitate today, they gave themselves first to the Lord. I don't know about you, but I need to make that personal. Before I am a citizen of the United States of America, I'm a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Before, in my case, I'm a husband to Shelley, I am a part of the bride of Christ. Before I am a father to Chloe, Jaden, and Emma, I'm a redeemed son of God. Before I'm an employee, I'm a bondservant of Jesus. Before I'm a neighbor, I am one grain of the salt of the earth, one ray of the light of the world. On and on it goes, but the principle is plain. We give ourselves first to the Lord. Our primary allegiance is to him. And that ought to shape our secondary allegiances and responsibilities and opportunities, not the other way around. I am to live in the United States of America as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. I am to love my wife as Christ loved the church. I'm to bring up my children in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. I am to work not by way of eye service as a people pleaser, but rendering service with a good will as to my king. I am to unashamedly let my light shine before others so that they may see my good works and give glory to my Father who is in heaven. Do you want to live a God-shaped life today for the good of others, and the glory of your creator. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 5 is a good trail to follow today. Give yourself first to the Lord, then to others. Number three, the, the way that we live. 
Second Corinthians helps us one more time along these lines from Second Corinthians chapter 11. If you're following along with our daily Bible reading schedule, a passage that we just read here a couple of days ago. Many of us naturally took the time to reflect on circumstances and evaluate ourselves just a couple of weeks ago when the calendar turned from December to January. We spend a little bit of time, many of us, reflecting on, okay, what needs attention? Is there anything that I need to purge? Am I neglecting something that deserves more focus and energy? How are my priorities? Am I managing my time most effectively? Is is my perspective healthy and balanced? But above and beyond all other resolutions that we might have made here right at about a month ago, do you want to lead a God-shaped life throughout 2023? I'd suggest to you 2 Corinthians again comes through for us. Chapter 11, verses 2 and 3. Listen to what Paul says. I feel a divine jealousy for you since I betrothed you to one husband to present you as a pure virgin to Christ. But I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Think about that with me. In order to lead a life shaped by God, I must have a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. What's that going to look like? We, we, we've talked about how we see, how we think. What's this going to look like in how we live? Well, number one, it has to do with my identity. I'm not my own. I've been betrothed. I am Christ's. And Christ is mine. That's straight out of 2 Corinthians 11, verses 2 and 3. That speaks, does it not, to obligation. As someone who has been betrothed, I have the privilege and the obligation to keep myself pure for him. I pledge to keep my mind, my spirit, my body, my reputation pure for his namesake. That obligation shapes my direction. My thoughts will be led by whatever or whomever I give my attention, just like your thoughts will be led by whatever or whomever you give your focus, your your energy. Someone reigns on the throne of my heart. If that person is anyone other than Christ, including me, my thoughts and allegiance are going to be led astray from where they were designed to be. And so it is as a disciple of Jesus, I am to resolve that first and foremost, my thoughts will be led in paths of righteousness. Therefore, I will lead and feed my mind with God's word, prayer, and humble meditation day by day. That concludes with resolution, doesn't it? I am devoted to Christ. I want to finish what he began in me. 
I believe with all of my heart that he who began a good work in me will bring it to completion at the day of Christ. So I'm going to sincerely seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. What a powerful book 2 Corinthians is. We've just drawn out three passages that help us think about how we see, how we think, how we are to live. And I hope those basic passages have helped you even today to set your mind on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. I don't know about you. I've missed having Roger here, but I hope just by you listening to me lean on the Apostle Paul, who was guided by the Holy Spirit, has given you something to think about today. We so appreciate you listening to This Week at Charlestown Road. We would love to see you this evening at 7 o'clock p.m. We're going to be talking all of our adults in one adult class in the auditorium. Uh, We're talking about what was started. We're studying Genesis as a book of beginnings, and we're going to talk about the beginning of God's covenant to Abraham. We would love to see you at 7 o'clock p.m. this evening here at Charlestown Road. We're already looking forward to Sunday, the best day of the week, and we would love to have you come and grow with us.